Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I'm your host, Christina. If you follow my ministry, you know I am passionate about reviving and uniting the body of Christ in order to fulfill the Great Commission with extravagant love for one another and for a hurting world. I invite you today to join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and best of all, your testimonies of God's goodness in your lives. Thank you for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so happy to have you with me here today. I hope that you are having a great day right where you are at, and we are going to have some fun today. We are going to talk about the stumbling block of righteousness and how we got to watch out to not stumble on Jesus as our righteousness. So we're going to have a fun conversation about that today, just you and I. But before we get into that, I want to give a big shout out to our friends and partners at Resurrection Disaster Relief and Gopher Ministries. This past weekend, we were able to do the grocery outreach and we delivered more than 350 bags of groceries to those in need at Virginia Supportive Housing. For those of you who don't know, their residents are coming out of homelessness. Uh, Virginia Supportive Housing is a nonprofit organization, a proven solution to homelessness. And we're so honored to be able to partner with all of them and to help serve those in need right now during COVID. So I want to give a big shout out to them. Thank you so much for partnering with us to love others with the extravagant love that God first bestowed upon us. Thank you. And of course, I want to give a big shout out to Henry Davis Financial Services. He does all of the financial services for Christina Prayer Ministries, and we are so thankful, Henry. Thank you for partnering with us and standing with us to help spread the love of God. And you too can partner with us. We have our one collection up on our store at ChristinaPereira.org backslash store. It's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. P-E-R-E-R-A dot org backslash store. And you can check out our one collection. It's one king, one body, and one heart. And when you wear the vision, you share the vision. And of course, every purchase helps to fund our ministry initiatives such as the grocery outreach, the King's Table, Cookouts for Christ, and things like that. So we are so thankful for everybody standing with us for the extravagant love movement, the movement to love others and unite to reach people for Jesus. So anyway, check that out. Uh, We've got some fun things on there and we really appreciate each and every one of you guys. So without further ado, I want to talk to you a little bit about the rock of righteousness, how Jesus is that stumbling block laid in Zion that Isaiah prophesied about and the scriptures refer to, he himself refers to as that rock of offense in Matthew. And then Paul goes on to state in Romans how Jesus and his righteousness and the righteousness that we receive by faith 
that stumbling block of offense and how we need to be careful and watch out for that. Because when we believe on Jesus as our righteousness, we will stand strong. But if we stand on the law and our own works for righteousness, we will fall. So let's go to Isaiah and really take a look and see what Isaiah is speaking about. And as you guys know, I like to give you lots of scriptures and I put them in the show notes. So if you want to go and take a look, I would encourage you to take a look in the show notes. So they will be there for you guys to take a look at and see for yourselves because I think it's important to see things for yourselves in scripture, to not just take somebody else's word for it. You know, and that's where that's where a lot of my authority comes from. I stand on the word of God. And you know, even when I listen to teaching and things like that, I so appreciate preachers and teachers who put the word of God up there because I can look and I can see like, yes, that is exactly what it's saying. And therefore it keeps us safe. And I am all about that. Let's go to Isaiah 8. And I am going to read today out of NIV and the Passion Translation. If you guys haven't checked out the Passion Translation It's one of my favorites. The writers of it actually use the Hebrew and the Greek to try to get the most accurate and most richly translated version, I would add, uh, to that Passion Translation. And I like that because a lot of times when we translate things from Greek or even from Hebrew into English, we can lose some of the richness. Uh, The Amplified Version of the Bible is really good for that too because some things can't be translated by one word. They need multiple words to be translated correctly. That being said, let's dive into Isaiah. I'm going to read to you Isaiah 8:11. The Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. He said, "Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy." Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And He will be a sanctuary. But for both houses of Israel, He will be a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, He will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble, and they will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimony and seal up the law among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. Here I am, and the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty, who dwells in Mount Zion. That is Isaiah 8, 11 through 18 NIV. Here we see Isaiah declaring to the people of God, there is coming rock of offense that will cause you to fall and stumble. Here Isaiah is prophesying about the Lord, about fearing the Lord. And that he will be that rock of offense that causes people to stumble, fall, and be broken. You see, the Israelites were adamant on seeking a righteousness that comes by works alone. 
not a righteousness that comes through faith, as their father Abraham attained it, but a righteousness that comes from keeping a religious law given by Moses, upheld by chief priests, Pharisees, and scribes. But we know that no man can keep this law. But our Lord Jesus, the stumbling block, the rock of offense, will cause the Jewish people to stumble, and all those who put their trust in the law as their righteousness. But if we stand on Jesus Christ, our righteousness, and not our own religious law-keeping, we will stand firm. Jesus himself declares that he is that stumbling block. If we go on to the New Testament, we see in Matthew 21 that Jesus himself refers as that stumbling block. Here in Matthew 21, 42, Jesus says to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him. But they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. That is Matthew 21, 42 through 46. Here we see Jesus describing himself as that stumbling stone. This statement comes right after the parable of the two sons and the parable of the tenants of the vineyard. And what Jesus is declaring to Israel here is saying that I am the one you reject the righteousness that is from God. I am that stumbling stone. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. It's important that we understand whom Jesus is to us and that rock of faith that we stand on in him. Let's continue on into Romans. Here, Paul, the Apostle Paul The author of Romans states in Romans 9.30, What shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, but a righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, who pursued the law of righteousness, has not attained it. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if they were able to pursue it by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Here Paul continues into Romans 10, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites, that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they did not know about the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses describes it in this way. 
the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say to your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will ascend to the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. That is if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is the Lord of all, who richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is Romans 10, 1 through 13, NIV. Beloved, don't let the works of the law be a stumbling stone. Don't let our Lord Jesus and the gift of righteousness that comes through believing in him be a stumbling block for you. Do not seek after a righteousness that is your own based on your works and your own religious law-keeping. I see many believers today who have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In order to have this knowledge, we must understand the gospel. And the gospel is this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by faith. And everything I have is based on the work and the person of Jesus. It is not based on my own law keeping. It is not based on my own holiness. It is not based on my own righteousness, which is completely incapable of being attained on my own. This is it. This is the crux of the gospel here. Beloved, do not have a zeal, not according to knowledge. If you are to be on fire, holy and bold for God, do it with a zeal according to knowledge. You must possess the righteousness by faith and call others into it. There is no holiness and there is no righteousness apart from our Lord Jesus. Let's also explore Romans 9.30 in the Passion Translation. So then what does all this mean? Here is the irony. The non-Jewish people who weren't even pursuing righteousness were the ones who seized it, a perfect righteousness that is transferred by faith. Yet Israel, though pursuing a legal righteousness, did not attain it. And why was that? Because they did not pursue the path of faith, but insisted on pursuing righteousness by works, as if it could be seized any other way. They were offended by the means of obtaining it and stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written. Be careful. I am setting in Zion a stone that will cause people to stumble, a rock of offense that will make them fall. 
but believers in him will not experience shame. Romans 10 goes on, verse 1. My beloved brothers and sisters, the passionate desire of my heart and constant prayer to God is for my fellow Israelites to experience salvation. For I know that although they are deeply devoted to God, they are unenlightened. And since they've ignored the righteousness God gives, wanting instead to be acceptable to God because of their own works, they've refused to submit to God's faith righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, and because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Moses wrote long ago about the need to obey every part of the law in order to be declared right with God. He wrote, The one who obeys these things must always live by them. But we receive the faith righteousness that speaks of an entirely different message. It says, Don't think for a moment you need to climb into the heavens to find the Messiah and bring him down or descend into the underworld to bring him up from the dead. But the faith righteousness we receive speaks to us in these words of Moses. He writes, God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart beating in your chest, and as near as the tongue in your mouth. Paul writes, and what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and publicly confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God. And then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. For the scriptures encourage us with these words. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. So then faith eliminates the distinction between Jew and non-Jew. For he is the same Lord, Jehovah, for all people. And he has enough treasures to lavishly, generously upon all those who call to him. And it is true. It is written, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Yahweh will be rescued and experience new life. But how can people call on him for help if they have not yet believed? And how can they believe in one they have not yet heard of? And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one to proclaim it? And how can the message be proclaimed if messengers have yet to be sent? That is why the scripture says, How welcome is the arrival of those who proclaim the joyful news of peace and of good things to come. But not everyone welcomes the good news, as Isaiah said. Lord, is there anyone who hears and believes our message? Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. This is Romans 10, 
1 through 17, Passion Translation. I love the way the Passion Translation translates verse 15. It references what is written in the Old Testament. How welcome is the arrival of those proclaiming the joyful news of peace and of good things to come. You see, beloved, you can't have faith to believe that good things will come if you are not sure you are righteous by faith and not by works. You see, it's on that righteousness by faith that we believe good will come to us. Jesus, the righteousness of God, he attracts all of heaven's goodness. And when you put your faith and your trust in him, so will you. Because heaven is now attracted to all that Jesus is within you. You can believe for good. You can expect good. This is the hope that the gospel brings. But you must understand that you are righteous by faith and not by works. If you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ today, as your righteousness, as your holiness, as your permanent cleansing from all sin, that I invite you today to pray this prayer with me right where you are and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed this prayer with me today, I want you to do it right where you are. And for those of you who already have, Let this be a reminder that you are righteous by faith. You are righteous through Christ Jesus. Jesus, we come to you. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive us of our sin. And we ask you to come into our lives. And we ask you to be the Lord of our hearts. We confess and we believe by faith that you have taken our sin away. You died and you rose again clean. And we now declare that we are alive together with you, that we were one with you in death and one with you in resurrection. Holy Spirit, we thank you for coming into us and reviving our inner man and making us alive together with you, God. We now confess that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have been given the gift of righteousness. We are now called children of the Most High God. We have access to you, Father, by faith in our Lord Jesus. We thank you and we give you all the praise and all the glory, Jesus. Holy Spirit, We thank you for wrapping yourself around us within and without right now, where each and every one of us are. And we thank you for your great love for us, God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends. If you want more information on our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit us at christinaperrera.org. We've got information on there about our events, blog posts, the extravagant love store, and more. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Christina Pereira Ministries. 
Until then, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless you.